1: From UFCU Dish Fog Field, it's the regular season finale with the Big 12 Conference Championship on the line. The Texas Longhorns against the West Virginia Mountaineers. And here's the 1 1. Swung on it. the ball is hit out toward right. This one with some carry. And it's over the head of the right fielder, Caleb McNeely. One run will score. Powell will stop at third. The hitting streak continues for Dylan Campbell. Going the opposite way, an RBI double to put Texas in front 1 0. 39 straight. Gilmet swings, and it's a high-fly ball. This one out to left with the window. Keep it in the ballpark. It's caught by the center field Bradenberry, tagging at third, coming in to score as Peyton Powell, tagging at second, going to third as Campbell, sacrifice flying an RBI from Garrett Gilmet extends the Texas lead to 2-0.
2: Payoff hey, pitch. There's a swing and a line drive right field, and that skips all the way through to the wall. Here comes Scott. Dayton rounding third. She's going to be sent home. Relay from Harper is not in time.
1: A two-run double for Day, and the Longhorns lead at 3-0. The one-two pitch. Swung on and a ball hit toward the alley. That'll fall in. Two runs will score on the play. Jalen Flores to the gap at left center. Drives home Campbell and Brown. Payton swings to the first pitch, and that is through for a base hit. Thomas being waved to the plate. Here comes the throw, but it'll be cut off. RBI single, Payton Powell. Scoring Jared Thomas. It's 5 to nothing, Texas. Went ready. Here's the two ball, two strike pitch to Landon Wallace. Strike three called. Got him looking. What a way for Tanner Witt to close out this outing for him. Three scoreless innings. And he gets a punch out to retire the side. Two and nothing to Jalen Flores and the 2 out. Swung onto the ball. Hit well. Out toward left. This with Carey. Back to the warning track. You can say goodnight to it. Jalen Flores with the third home run of his collegiate career, extends the Texas lead
2: to 6-0. 2-2, Scott swings and lifts it to shallow right center field, backing up just barely on the outfield grass and dropping the ball is the second baseman Harper. Washington comes across,
1: Papelka stays put on second, it's 7-2 Texas. Three balls and two strikes the count. Here's Lestrange from Staley, the payoff pitch to Hussey, swing and a miss, he struck him out. A lead-off walk yielded to Landon Wallace, and then Travis Staley strikes out the side in the sixth.
2: 2-2 pitch, line in the gap left center field. That's down. Scoring is Popelka. Here comes Scott. Dayton rounding third. She will score.
1: Texas leads 10-2. Hurley, the stretch, the 1-1. Ground ball hit to third. They'll go to second for one. Relay to first is in time. Game is over. The Texas Longhorns have come all the way back, needing a sweep. They get it, and the Texas Longhorns, with a share of the title, are Big 12 Conference regular season champions. Two out,
2: two on for Texas A&M. Simpson with the one-two offering, and it swung on and missed. The Longhorns sweep their regional and will advance to the Super Regional for the fourth straight postseason.
1: Quite the weekend. Very, very full weekend for University of Texas. Baseball and softball, both winning titles. Of course, the Longhorn baseball team winning a share of the Big 12 Conference Championship and the number one seed in this week's Big 12 Conference Tournament. Texas softball winning the Austin Regional and they're headed for Knoxville, Tennessee for the Super Regional. Good morning everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn 1049. 1019 AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, uh, uh, tip of the hat to our our man Defcon Dave, Dave Williams came in the microphone and anybody who was watching on Twitch probably saw this the uh, the the microphone here in the studio that I use Actually came off its mooring. Um, The screw fell out. Yes, as they said in Breakfast Club. It's an imperfect world. Screws fall out all the time. It came out and the whole housing came down. You got it back in order. So we're up and running on a Monday morning. Uh, My name is Craig Gray. Glad to have you. And always pleased to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, and a proud graduate of Florence High School. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns. 24-7. That's Jeff Howe.
3: I think I heard that on an episode of Viva La Bam back in the day where uh, Bam and Deco and a couple of the other guys were messing with Phil and they took a screw out of his chair. Oh, really?
1: one of those lines, yeah. What was is a, that show? I don't think I'm familiar with that. One.
3: Uh, it was a um, a spinoff of Jackass.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. It was a me- it was a
3: mess with Phil Day.
1: <laughs> it was, a, it was a spinoff of Jackass. Okay. It was a, gra- it was a great show. Uh, ba- Bam had a Bam had a day
3: where it was Don't feed Phil Day, where he instructed uh, he was going to see if his dad could go. I think it was 24 hours, sun up to su- sun up to sundown without eating. Woof. And he instructed like all the restaurants his dad goes to. It's like, nope, we've got strict orders not to serve you food today. So
1: <laughs> that's great. That, that I do kind of like. Also like our producer. Uh, he does an outstanding job. And he did there putting the, the, that mashup highlight montage of longhorn baseball and softball. That would be Cameron Parker. Despite the disappointment from your personal perspective of the weekend with what happened with the baseball weekend for the Round Rock Dragons. I know you had a, you had a busy and full weekend, right?
4: Yeah, that on top of Brooks Kepco. Oh, yeah, 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 that, that that kind of But seeing LeBron down 3-0 is great. <laughs> seeing Texas baseball sweep West Virginia was great. Seeing Texas softball beat A&M last night was great. So, it's been a bittersweet weekend. Okay. Why, um, why do you
3: why do you dislike LeBron, Cam?
4: Um, uh, <laughs> it's more so of his fans and the narrative around him. Well, I'm a LeBron fan. Do you dislike me? Well, depends on. Were you saying LeBron was the goat after he got swept by San Antonio in the first no, round? No, okay. there is then one.
3: There is one basketball goat, and it is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So then we're good. Okay,
4: we're good. I, if, if you're if you're going back and pulling up highlight clips from a 1989 Bulls game and say LeBron played against janitors, then then we're done. We're not having that conversation.
1: Uh, all right, I get all that. All right, just and I'm not trying to start anything this morning, uh, because if somebody were to Ask me who I thought the greatest player of all time was. My my answer is going to be Michael Jordan. That said, I think LeBron James is a top five all time NBA player. Would you agree with that? I would say this? he's number two. Okay. okay. I,
3: I love how my uh my beloved Spurs fans who I've grown so fond of
1: And they of you They've already
3: declared Victor Wimbignana better than Kevin Garnett, so we're off to a, a we off to a good start. <laughs> we will off to a good start on one day. Um, uh, enjoy good rib, folks. That's uh, it's good stuff right
1: there. Uh, our Specs text line always is open to you at 512-337-3776. That's 512-337-3776. Uh, our man CB on the Specs text line said, uh, he said, I heard that uh, Aggie fans were unruly at the game yesterday and the Texas no. softball Twitter account. Just let the Aggies have it with the video they posted. No. Um, it depends what you mean by unruly. Because, the, 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 yes, a lot of the camera shots, I, I watched the game while listening to Andrew Haynes. I had The, the call synced up, but I, I watched, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the camera shots would show, you know, very loud, boisterous Aggies, you know, with horns down and all that kind of stuff. I don't think of that so much as My my Texas State people,
3: my Texas State brethren at the baseball game at the Dish earlier this year, that can be described appropriately
1: as unruly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I... I, uh, That's what
3: rivalries are about, Craig. Like, you should be able to talk a little smack and jaw back and forth and you know poke the bear a little bit
1: yeah but so,
3: when we cross the line and go to like slashing tires and fights on the concourse now we're
1: that's a different level yes yeah so i you know I don't know about the you know the, the the unruly I know they were uh, they were loud and boisterous as, as they invariably are and, and and that kind of stuff I, I I do think it's a little silly but I understand it uh the the the, the very faithful Aggie baseball fan thing of the ball four, ball five, ball four, all makes perfect sense, certainly at home, but when you're on the road and you're down 10-2. to two, Is that so they can all remember how to count properly, just remind everybody? I, I think that's a little far-fetched with the, the whole ball four, and by the way, and they weren't consecutive either. At the time I was thinking, I heard Alex Loeb mention that as well, he said, it's you know, he goes, that's best executed when the balls are consecutive, that was broken up by a couple of strikes, but that's okay, hey. It's fans being fans, as long as you you know you're not, as long as Austin's finest doesn't have to get involved. Yeah, just y- yeah. Enjoy yourself. So that's that's
3: okay. And that's... don't be a don't be a Richard. And, yeah. You know, keep it. Just yeah. Cheer on your team and poke am... the bear a little bit. And, and yeah. Uh. So it, have a Coke I get Zero and a smile, and we'll all yeah. leave happy. I I, I I get all that.
1: Uh. So the things that will <laughs> there's somebody that that, that text and uh, oh the the one and only great Tope Amade. Uh, it said he sat right behind this one lady, he, he said, hella disrespectful to event staff. See, now that would not be good if that were the case. Uh, the, 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 the booing and the, and the putting the horns down, that's part of fandom on that. But if, but if you're, if you're making it difficult, uh, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, other people's enjoyment of the game, that's a different issue. But anyway, it doesn't matter now, uh, So there was... Uh, you know, they move on from there. Grab your seat
3: cushion. Pretend you're macho man Randy Savage hitting someone in the head with a steel chair. Ow!
1: Okay. Let's get, in,
3: let's get into it that much.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> here's what we have coming up. We're going to hear um, after the They don't game, make
3: those seat cushions anymore, you know, like no. the
1: uh,
3: it's like that hard foam. You yeah. Know? It's not like the the cushy ones. It's like the hard foam yes. that you see at like a football game that it's got like all the sponsors on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You now ever it's the hits, softer
1: seat cushion You ever cushions. hit somebody
3: in the head with one of those things? That can't feel no, good. No, me and my brother used to have fights with those, you know, when you're kids and you know you don't have boxing gloves, you got to kind of make do with whatever you got. You grab a couple of seat cushions.
1: Yeah, and, right.
3: You know, just start wailing away on each other.
1: Right. Uh, coming up here uh, after the uh, Longhorn victory on Saturday to uh, uh, win the series to sweep West Virginia and claim that share of the Big Twelve title, uh, Roger Wallace was a very busy man down on the field. He, I ta- I think he visited with.
3: Dude, Roger was down there. I would have already done with my post game, mm-hmm. and I'm he was walking still back. Working and it. Roger was still doing stuff.
1: He uh, he talked to put it this way. Every field position was represented. I think uh, he couldn't find Jalen. Floors had gone in, so he did visit with uh, with uh, Mitchell Daly. So that 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 checked off the shortstop box. But he talked. To Peyton Powell, and he talked to Jack O'Dowd, and he talked to Jared Thomas, and he talked to Garrett Gilmet, all three outfielders, Eric Kennedy, Dylan Campbell, Porter Brown, uh, uh, Lucas Gordon, uh, and Tanner Witt, and of course, David Pierce. So we're going to hear some of those conversations. I mean, there's too many to, to, to play them all, but we're going to hear some of those conversations a few this hour, a few next hour well, we're going to hear. At the bottom of the hour... and. Uh, do you have a standalone Longhorn Notebook other than when we visit with Coach Fields here at the bottom of the hour? No. Okay. That's our our Longhorn Notebook. Coach John Fields um, uh, will join us as Texas men's golf gets ready to play in the NCAA Championships at Greyhawk out in Scottsdale. The Texas women's golf team, by the way, ha- is tied for second going into today's final round when they revert to stroke play today. So, uh, But we'll visit with John Fields to talk about Longhorn Men's Golf uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, we do have inconceivable and a couple of really interesting items uh, from the weekend. And like I said, some in each hour uh, of some uh, hearing from Longhorn baseball players. We'll do that. Um, Jeff and I'll kind of get into the deal about where are they in terms of the national perspective with regard to seating and regional and all that other kind of stuff. We'll get to we'll get to all of that. We'll we'll do all of that. Um, there's pro golf. Yes, it made it. It definitely made Cam unhappy to see Brooks Kepka, a member of that Live Tour, win the uh, win the PGA Championship, his third PGA title and his fifth major championship. Yeah, pretty impressive the way he did it too.
4: Yeah, I mean you have, you have to respect him. It's the yep. same thing with LeBron. You have to respect, and especially with all the injuries and. Mm-hmm his appearance in the full swing documentary where he was open about, I don't I don't know how I'll be able to compete against the John Roms and Scotty Scheffers again. And he almost did it against Rom at the Masters uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, came up short on Sunday, Craig, but then he did not come up short yesterday, that's for sure. Cam, yeah.
3: Cam I have a golf question. My, my wife asked me this yesterday while I'm watching the final round, and I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't have a good answer, and I got distracted and didn't even go to the Google machine. Is – the tee box, you know, where everybody's got the divot from teeing off. Do they not replace divots or anything on the tee box? It's just it's just a cluster until well, post, they post around when they can clean it up.
4: They change where they tee off from every day. Okay, so some because they have like four different tee boxes there depending on the location and stuff, and so mm-hmm. they may move it around. So and they'll okay. replace the divots as well, but the the tee box would be different from Saturday to Sunday. So that's why it's not all jacked up. That makes sense. Yeah. It's Absolutely. not like it's not, it's not like black I didn't talk. have a good
3: I didn't have a good. It's one of those things like you watch enough golf and I'm like it's one of those things that's so simple, very rudimentary. I'm like you know what I never stopped to think about that.
1: Yeah, that's good. It's a good it's good thought there. Nice timber to consider that. It's just like
3: in. Uh, in baseball, Craig, I always wonder, like, okay, when an umpire goes to a new ball,
1: mm-hmm. is
3: it, does he have to go, if it's just a requested ball, does he make the call on when to get a new ball? How many balls are there? How many balls do they go through in a game? It's just weird stuff like that that I think about every now
1: and then. Yeah, on. a lot of them, especially that they get fouled off and some they'll take out of play and yeah. things of that nature. It's a good point. And
3: when do, you dis- when do you decide to take a ball out of play?
1: Uh, you, I think it's usually either at an umpire or at a pitcher's request if something is you know not right with it. So. I think that's, that's a big part of it. Uh, okay. Uh that's a little food for thought. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Man. And while you chew on that, uh, you can also uh, – here's a little more food for thought. Gary Gilmat, Longhorn catcher, uh, the USC transfer. One thing you like about a California guy is that he starts a lot of his answers with the words, hey, man. They're <laughs> California. I'm
3: amazed at how well kids from Southern California and Arizona fit in. In this athletic program period. Uh-huh. uh-huh. They all they all say like Austin is, when they go on visits, so, you know, Austin's pretty close to home, whether they're from that Phoenix area yeah. or L.A. or wherever. It's it's crazy how there's some weird synergy going on there.
1: Well, here's the synergy with uh, Garrett Gilmet visiting with Roger Wallace after the game on uh, Saturday in the Texas victory.
3: What does this
5: feel like coming from USC and being part of this?
6: Yeah, man, you know, uh, my first two years of college, you know, we never played in any tournament or anything. So I had a pretty early summer and having the opportunity to compete for a Big 12 championship and not only like the easy way we had to do it the hard way. And, you know, the guys just grinded out and the pitchers did it so well. And I'm just so excited. I'm at like a lost verge right now, man. I don't know how to explain it. This weekend, you knew what was in front of you. You know how hard it is to sweep and, and to do it. What does it say about this team? Hey, man. I'm telling you, for that San Jose State Friday game when we lost that one, we there was something that we did, that just didn't sit well with us. So we come to the field with an edge and. We're just a bunch of ballers and just hardworking kids and at the end of the day, the toughest team works and the team that competes all nine inning wins and I think we did that all 27. Those 27 outs are tough. The last nine were were real tough. Tell me from your perspective guys were scuffing a little bit yeah. the, the moment was big. Uh, what did you see from your guys? You know from the pitching aspect, you know it got, it got something got a little shaky but they did a very good job just controlling the strike zone again and pounding it Travis did a good job. Gave up a homer I think and then he just filled it up zone up right away and Big Red did well and Charlie you know it, it was just a great all around team performance today man
5: your reaction when you got that uh, RBI in the bottom of the 8 just a little more separation how yeah. big was that for you
6: yeah man you know it was a rough weekend for me um, but that was i mean i've no i've never really uh, gone intentionally gone Someone intentionally walked to get to me before, so uh, it meant a little more. It Put a little chip on my shoulder, and I was just happy to get that extra insurance run. And to do it
5: here in, in front of this crowd, uh, you're a one-year guy, but they'll they'll remember you for a long time. Yes, sir, man, that's
6: the goal. I love it here, and I love the Longhorns. I love Austin.
1: Yeah, yeah to to Jeff's point about yeah, California guy, yeah, loving Austin, loving loving being here. You know, it's it's good to hear his uh, perspective on. All right, it's one thing, it's one thing to be a California transplant. It's another thing to be a a fifth-year senior, even if you're originally from Tampa, Florida. But Eric Kennedy, fifth-year senior, his final home game, at least to the regular season anyway.
5: Played a lot of baseball here. What was it like to hoist that trophy?
7: It was awesome, man. Those are the kind of moments you live for. Uh, I knew... Early in conference, you know, it didn't look like we were going to be able to do that, but so proud of this group for battling back. And we knew what we had to do this weekend. We had to take all three, get a little help, and that's exactly what we did. And that just makes it mean a little bit more. You go to TCU knowing you've got back-to-back road series. You take care of... The goal
5: is to win series. You win those two back to back. You know you have to sweep. Uh, what was the mindset going in? How proud are you, are you this this team to be able to pull it off?
7: Yeah, I'm super proud. You know, we knew we had to play with that chip on our chip on our shoulder. Um, we came out the past two weekends, didn't play our best the first game, so we wanted to come out like those second two games of San Jose, State with that chip on chip on our shoulder, and that's exactly what we did. We were able to pound out a lot of runs. Our pitching picked us up, and um, just so proud of these guys. You know, we battled through a lot of adversity. You know, even through this series, so. Just just picking each other up and it's just so awesome to see how quick how important was it to get off to those quick starts in each of these three games yeah for sure I think it helps us not only offensively but defensively it helps us get some momentum offensively um, just get some runs get some flow going and then uh, pitching wise you know they can just fill up the zone let our defense work and uh, I think that's what we did that to a tee this weekend it was awesome to see if this was your last game in this stadium can you
5: reflect on on what your time here has meant playing in, in, in home? I know you got a lot of baseball left this season.
7: Oh man, it's been awesome. Uh, I was getting a little teary eyed uh, during the senior senior day earlier today. You know, just this place meant so much to me. It's given so much to me, and you know, I'm so blessed that I've been able to put on the uniform these five years and put it out in front of these great crowds. And the fact that we were able to get it done and win the conference today just makes it that much better.
1: Okay, so uh, so now you've heard from a native of California and a native of Florida. Uh, We'll go one more outside the state of Texas native, and that's Jack O'Dowd. But, of course, he has Longhorn lineage. Uh, But Jack, of course, grew up in Nashville and started off at Vanderbilt before he transferred in. And the guy just solidified things at second base throughout the course of the season. Jack, Jack, what's this
5: uh, What's this moment feel like? I mean, sweeping is so difficult, but yeah. a trophy on the line, what's it mean to this club?
8: Oh, it's so awesome. I mean, coming into the weekend, we uh, we were super locked in. We were super focused. We wanted this. We uh, we knew what was ahead of us, and we knew we could go take it, and that's what we did, so it was great.
5: And from the start in each of the three games, how big was that, and how much does that say for the way you were ready to play?
8: Yeah, those starts are huge. Just to jump on them like that, put the pressure on them early, thats uh, that was part of our game plan and we just went out and executed every day. And, uh, you know, it was great just to jump out early and and really put the pressure on them, put them on their heels.
5: You know, I think of that bat uh, by Weatherholt. And you guys, I mean, so much goes into baseball and preparation. And you've got Jalen right behind the uh, second base. Uh, Just that's a part of the game sometimes we miss. But how big was that?
8: That was a huge play. I mean, Jalen did a great job. You know, stepping in here this weekend, he had a great great game today. And uh, that, that that was a game-changing play right there. He was in the perfect position. Shout-out to our coaches for, for the scouting report there. And then Jalen, uh, you know, did did what he needed to do and made a great throw and uh, and, and changed the complexion of that, that game right there.
5: You make the move from Vanderbilt last year. You had to, you know, take your spots when you got them this yeah. year. Uh, you're one of the guys. How satisfying is it for you to, to stick with it and now have a, a trophy with uh, that
8: you're part of? It's great. It's great it's really rewarding um you know we got a great group of guys i'm super close with them and, and just to be able to win this with them after uh you know what we've been through this year all the all the hard work we put in is uh is great and and i'm super blessed to have this opportunity
1: so there's three guys uh that you've heard from we'll hear from uh some more next hour as well as from David Pierce next hour but uh you, you could hear them all talk about uh how good they they felt about things and um uh, the you need experience. Uh, next, next hour, you're going to hear from some of the guys talking about some of the motivation they got for making that stretch drive. Uh, before we get to the break, quick question somebody said, This is obviously a Texas fan, and the quote is, Why are we, meaning Texas, sharing the Big 12 trophy of Texas is seeded number one? Does it matter? Does it matter? But, but, but,
3: well, y'all, they all finish with identical records, yeah. And to determine the number, determine seating, you had to go to a tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, here's the difference. Here's the thing. Here's the point of clarification that, that uh, some folks may not fully understand or, or uh, have heard that much. There's a difference between the regular season and the postseason tournament, and this applies to just about all of the team sports that have a postseason event, other than football. And I we'll get to football in a minute. Basketball, baseball, softball. Uh, tennis, those posts, those are the tournaments that have most or all of the teams participate. In the Big 12, eight of the nine play. The last place finisher does not get invited, does not get to play in the conference tournament. In this case, this year it would be Baylor. First time ever Baylor will miss the conference tournament since the inception of the Big, Seriously? Big 12. Seriously? First time ever. They're the, wow. They're the only school in the Big 12 that had never missed the Big 12 tournament because they've they've had some down years but yeah man, I never I, I missed thought
3: it. on a fluke one year they would have missed yeah. it yeah and that
1: and that includes 97 and 98 Jeff when only six teams made it Dang. so so first time ever for Baylor not to make the Big 12 tournament so that's separate it's a postseason tournament there's a separate trophy for it the regular season championship ended on Saturday and as Jeff mentioned, when the smoke cleared, there were three teams that had identical 15-9 records: Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. So they're all called champions. They all get trophies. It isn't an everyone gets, everybody gets a trophy a society, but three fought for it and three tied for the championship. It's happened in virtually every league. It's happened in the SEC, it's happened in the ACC. It's first time it's ever happened in the Big 12. So they all three. Tied for the conference title. They are all three declared conference champions. All three get trophies. Now, for the postseason tournament, they go to the tie break. First tie break is, how did they do against one another? Well, they all split. Texas lost to Oklahoma State, beat West Virginia. Oklahoma State lost to West Virginia, beat Texas. Texas. West Virginia beat Oklahoma State, lost to Texas. So all that's even. The second tie break is, how did you do in the round robin six games you played against the other two? That's where the difference is. The sweep for Texas took them to 4-2 and two against the other two teams. Oklahoma State, by virtue of a 2-1 series win and a 2-1 series loss, was 3-3. And West Virginia, 2-1 against Oklahoma State, but 0-3 against Texas, they wound up 2-4. and four. That's why Texas is seeded number one. That's why Oklahoma State is seeded number two. And that's why West Virginia is seeded number three. That's why football is different. And I got into a discussion with this and that uh, on texting with my brother. Let
3: me answer this text too Texas did not win their series against Oklahoma State and West Virginia, they lost the series in Stillwater.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they lost. They lost on Sunday afternoon. They won Friday by Lucas Gordon. They lost Saturday when Jerron Watts-Brown pitched really well. They lost on Sunday. I was there. They all Take beat, my word they for All, it. all three
3: of the teams, they all beat each other.
1: Yeah. They all, they That's won why they break. had to go to a tiebreaker. They did not win the series against Oklahoma State. They lost that series. Um, the uh, In football... It's not done the same way, and I got into a, a detailed discussion by text with my brother, lives in Fort Worth, and roots for all things purple. So uh, he was saying, we, you know, about conference championships. He said, "Well, TCU won the regular season." I said, "No, they didn't." He said, "Yeah, they did." And I said, "No, they don't. Ha- they don't break it up like that. There's no postseason tournament." So the, the, you play the schedule, and at the end of your schedule, the top two finishers play for the Big 12 championship. He didn't want to believe me. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be in Arlington all next week. You live five minutes from the TCU campus. I'll meet you at Shoalmire Arena where they have all the trophies. If you find a Big 12 regular season football championship trophy for TCU, I'll take you to Del Frisco's in downtown Fort Worth and buy you steak dinner. I said it doesn't exist. They don't do regular season. Big Twelve Championship. You go through the regular season. Top two finishers play. Back when they had divisions, that was different. You could say North Division division or South Division, but not regular season. No. So it's it's never been like that. But anyway, that but that's the difference with baseball and basketball. They as opposed to football and the other sports where they have a conference tournament, where most. Or all of the conference teams participate. This came up. This came up
3: during basketball season because we had an availability late in the year, and somebody asked Rodney Terry. They said, "You know, RT's team hasn't won a conference championship since '99." And RT said, "I mean, I've got two Big 12 championship rings at home, so we won it. You know, we we have one too. They shared two with Kansas in '06 and '08 in the regular season. Yep, they yep. shared it." Kansas counts and, that towards their streak, and they should. But they should. If you look at the Big Twelve records, it, it lists both as conference cha- conference coach champions in a regular season, and
1: it'll be listed in the Big Twelve as all three one conference championships in baseball, and and it should. They finished. They all finished with the same record, so uh, that's how it is. Seeding for the tournament is different. That's that's a postseason conference tournament. So hopefully that clarifies some things there. For that, uh, the Longhorns will play. Scheduled twelve thirty on Wednesday against Kansas, uh, there in the Big Twelve tournament. I say scheduled the nine AM game and the uh wake your day up with a lot of purple TCU and K State uh will be the first game. So the game is scheduled for twelve thirty. Unless the first game runs long, it'd be at twelve thirty. Uh Keith Moran will join me on Wednesday for the first game. Roger Wallace will be with me on Thursday for the second game as Keith shifts to some television duties and then we'll see how the rest of the weekend develops. All right. Uh, coming up, we're going to visit with John Fields, Texas golf coach. We'll do that when we continue to light the tower on the horn. 1049-1019-AM1260, live, local, and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Craig Way and Jeff Howe, light the tower.
1: Okay. Now, this is a Doobie Brothers song. It keeps you running. But you hear the verse? From, My youngest son said, it sounds like the start of a video game the same way 8-bit return music. Two players? Four players. Novice level? Pro level? <laughs> it's, he, he's he reminded of like, like some old Nintendo games, you know. Expert course?
3: Or junior course? Do you ever have to ban anybody from the Nintendo Craig for hitting the reset button?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes. <laughs> The, the aforementioned Jason Way. I, Andy might have done it out of frustration one year. But, uh, yeah, get mad and then hit the reset or turn on, what are you doing, you know? I didn't do it when he did it for himself. I did it when, like, when I was playing against him, yeah. and he would get mad, you know? So I was like, you don't do that. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, all right. Um, I want to get to a, a couple of things here on the Specs Text Line because folks are, are asking questions. Uh, about with regard to a uh, Longhorn baseball team, um, our good friend, your man that you finally got a chance to cross paths with, Belton Gringo, says... Um, good dude. Um, Dylan Campbell, two games away from tying Oklahoma State's Ty Martins, Big 12, hit streak record of 35 games in 2007. That's correct. Now, you know, D.C. would have to go away to catch Robin Ventura's record of 58. I, and that's not going to happen since... You know, uh, there won't be enough he DC ain't time. got
3: enough games, love.
1: <laughs> exactly. But he is on a roll, and it's now, I think, 39 in a row reaching base safely, the uh, streak is.
3: Uh, so I guess we can't count on him catching Mark Payton either,
1: can we? Uh, no. That's <laughs> 104, and and that's the NCAA uh, record there. Now, that record got broken earlier this year. Oh, we did? Yeah, I forgot who
3: broke it. Oh, I have to look that up. Wow,
1: congratulations. Okay, Uh, somebody said, didn't Aggie claim some Big 12 championships after winning the South Division but losing the championship game? I don't remember that. I know they, they obviously won the South. Yeah, there was some kind of weird
3: deal on the facade. Before they made the SEC move, I think it said Big 12 champions and it just had the year they won divisions. It might have had asterisks next to it.
1: For, for, South, uh,
4: for South, for South, yeah, okay.
1: yeah, I'll, that's I remember something. Like
4: Brian that. Ellis from Florida Gulf
1: Coast set the record. Thank by you. The way. Ken. There we go. FGCU. How many? How many games now for uh, Brian Ellis? Have...
4: it was 102. Let me see where uh, where it finished at.
1: Yeah, because uh, the record's 104. But see, see but when
3: the record the was set, it was disputed. So there was it was a cluster. Back uno- that
1: it head. says unofficial
4: on base record. Yeah. At how many? still 102.
3: Well, 104 is the record. I know I know Mark Payton had 104, but yeah. somebody was disputed. I guess somebody in the NCAA.
1: 117, okay.
3: Well, yes, cuz when it was disputed if Payton got to 104, but there was a big cluster when that whole deal was happening. So,
1: well, JD Hamilton and the NCAA told me they were putting it in the books at 104. Okay. No matter who wanted to dispute, but, it. they were going in, but it doesn't matter now. It doesn't now. matter now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh the name of that new uh Doobie Brothers song was It Keeps You Running. That's the deal. They were thinking about that, because the Longhorns ran the table over the weekend to do that. Uh somebody said they they tied uh one year, either OU and OSU put up a Big Twelve South plaque. Well, if you tied for the would have been twenty ten. Yeah. Uh actually might have been a three way tie. Oklahoma went to the championship game. Okay. If if, if you tie for the division it's legitimate to say yes. You were Oklahoma,
3: a Oklahoma State, and Texas A and M all had six and two conference records. Okay,
1: that's there's nothing outside the lines of that. If you get a if you get a trophy for being South Division champions, even in a year where you don't go to the championship, he's
3: lost to Oklahoma State, beat Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, so um, so anyway, so there's there's. Uh, some of that, uh, CB says Texas number thirteen in the new Baseball America poll. Uh, back in the rankings, we figured there would um, be uh, that would be the case. Um, he <laughs> says Big Twelve the one true champion or whatever. Uh, again, that applies to football. Applies to football, <laughs> where they don't have a championship the, uh, postseason that would be tournament. the uh,
3: Bob Bowlesby marketing
1: department. Yeah.
3: That one true champion bit.
1: The desk from which a 1,000 indecisions have been launched.
3: Texas number 20 in the D1Baseball.com top 25.
1: Back into that. And if I remember correctly, uh, if if I do remember correctly on that, Jeff, uh, our friend Kendall Rogers and D1 Baseball are going to do updated regional projections today. Is somebody it today just asked or tomorrow. Me, well, I, I thought he tweeted that it was coming Monday. By uh, my, let me check but, Kendall's Twitter. You know, somebody just uh, sent in on the specs text line. Uh, we need some bracketological prognostications, and I said, you know, if we, if we get some of those, we will uh, do that. Meanwhile, it is time now for our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Along with Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way, we're very pleased to have join us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, the head coach. Of Texas men's golf as they get ready for the NCAA championships out of Greyhawk in Scottsdale, Arizona is John Fields who joins us right now. John, I appreciate the time. How are you
0: today? Oh, I'm fantastic, and thank you for having me on, Craig. I'm I'm thrilled to uh, be going back to Greyhawk.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's first of all, uh, you know, sixteen. 16- consecutive uh, trips to the national tournament. Uh, it's. I think it's a statement about your leadership. I think it's a statement about the young men who have played. I think it's a statement about the, the culture of this program. But what does it mean to you to see this now come to fruition, 16 consecutive, and by the way, 71st all-time NCAA championship appearance?
0: Yeah, it's uh, when DeLoss hired me in 1997, um, I knew that I was getting the keys to a, a Mercedes Benz or a, you know just some un- extraordinary program, and it was a little bit down at the time. But at the, but the opportunity to have success here, and then with the build of the UT Golf Club, those two things in combination gave us an opportunity to grow the program exponentially, and. It's always been a great program, no question. There's been five coaches, Craig, at, at uh, Texas. There was Tom Penick for four years, Harvey Penick for 30-plus years, George Hannon for 17 years, Jimmy Clayton for 16, and myself now for 26. So it's a great program with a lot of great players and, and a huge identity, but also a lot of pressure that comes with that to, to, uh, to be the type of team that would have a chance to win national championships and so we're that program. It's it's a daily grind and it's a constant build. But man, what a great place to be, Texas golf.
1: Well, John, you've kind of handled all of that—the the pressure and responsibility goes that with a lot of a lot of grace and aplomb and all that stuff. Plus, by the way, you've won two national titles, and here you are as a defending national champion. Is there a little bit? I'm not going to say pressure, but the expectation and responsibility that goes along with carrying that defending national champion mantra with you out to Scottsdale with the group?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I feel like we we dealt with that all year long with the culmination being at the regional because if you don't get through the regional, you can't get to the national championship. So the regional was pressure-packed for our young guys. There's one guy on our team right now, Mason Nome, that uh, played in the national championship last year. There's three freshmen that uh, have... have pushed their way into the lineup, and then one graduate transfer in Brian Stark, uh, who has just done a great job for us. So it's a new team. There's some experience there. Brian Stark was uh, uh, played in the national championship last year. So did Mason Nome. So we've got energy, enthusiasm, and some experience going into the tournament.
1: Well, it, and that was right where I was going next, John, was to ask you about uh, the fact that you have so many who have made major contributions christian moss and the runner-up finish at the southern highlands and and, and tommy morrison time for eighth uh, at the regional last week you mentioned mason Nome, jacob sosa uh to to talk about a youngster with a third place showing at the southwestern you mentioned brian stark keaton vo uh, it's the sum of the parts and john i mean and that how this group has been able to fashion this run
0: it, it absolutely is and and where there's uh, pain, there's also growth. And, and these guys have experienced all that this year. Um, I'll tell you what, Craig, to be part of the Texas Athletic Program right now, the success of all of our sports and all of our coaches with the leadership of uh, Crystal Conte, it's unbelievable what's happening right now. And the coolest thing about it is that everybody's pulling for everybody. Like our women's golf team, is poised to go into the Elite Eight tomorrow. They need a good round today, but they're in second place going to the final round, which will be on the Golf Channel this afternoon. Uh, It's just infectious. And Chris Del Conte has done a magnificent job of hiring great coaches, but not only that, creating an environment where we can all pull for each other.
1: Visiting with John Fields, Texas golf coach, men's golf coach here on uh, Light the Tower on the Horn. John, I want to ask you about uh, Greyhawk and the challenges that it uh, that it presents for your guys and the familiarity uh, that, that some of your guys might have.
0: Well, the fact is, is it's, a, it's a desert golf course, and we'll deal with the heat there at uh, Greyhawk in Scottsdale, Arizona. The morning round to the afternoon round is significantly different. Usually in the afternoon, you've got a little bit more wind and you've got a little bit more heat. So the ball is affected in the in flight. Uh, ball goes a lot further in the afternoon than it does in the morning. Um, usually the golf course is tuned up for us. So it's firm and fast greens, firm fairways. They've They've made that a championship golf course. Uh, I think 28 over made it into the elite eight two years ago. And last year, over 30 over par uh, made it into the elite eight, which means you've got the best teams there. And yet uh, they're being challenged in a significant way. And I love it. I I think it's great uh, for us and for our teams to be challenged that way. And then hopefully what happens is your your schedule during the year helps you get through that and and maybe have some success.
1: John, is there, uh, I don't know if advantage is the proper phraseology, does it does it set up better for the teams and in specific your team for match play or stroke once you advance beyond match or stroke, or does it matter?
0: Well, once you get to match play, I, I do think that, uh, you know, hopefully you've done some soul searching and figured out who's going to do well in match play on your team and given yourself an opportunity to to, to match those uh, pairings up, and we've done that. It's, it's President's Cup pairing, so the the team with the lower 72-hole metal play uh, average or strokes, um, that's the team that gets to to pick first. And you can either defer or you can pick, and then you start, you know, putting your your players out there. And so what that does is it gives you an opportunity to kind of be in control. If you make if you do a good job because you know their players and you know your players, and you might have an advantage there. And we've been in match play enough times. We've we've won two national championships and been two other finals that didn't go our way. And so I I feel like we've got quite a bit of experience, and I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I'm kind of visioning that we'll have that opportunity again this year.
1: It is four rounds of stroke play, eighteen holes each day, Friday through Monday, and then the low fifteen teams advance to Monday's. Final round, of stroke play in the low eight teams advance to match play, the match play quarterfinals and semifinals the following Tuesday and the match play championship on Wednesday at Greyhawk in Scottsdale. John, it's always great to visit with you. Appreciate the time. We wish you the best of luck, and and hope we're talking about back-to-back national championships. Thanks so much for taking the time.
0: Thank you, Craig, and thanks for what you do for collegiate sports and especially the long so ones. Hook them horns.
1: Hook them. Thank you, John. That's John Fields. Texas men's golf coach, yeah, and uh, they begin play coming this Friday in Scottsdale. And as he pointed out, and we mentioned earlier, Texas women are now to stroke play as uh, they play today at Greyhawk in uh, Scottsdale. So uh, uh, they're in the uh, stroke play uh, for the final round of stroke play, and then the uh, low eight teams advance to the match play, and then the match play quarterfinals and semifinals. So we'll... Uh, We'll hope for the best uh, for both of the Texas golf teams. Up next, we have Inconceivable with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Light the Tower.
3: Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable.
7: Inconceivable. You keep using the horn. I don't think it
0: means what you think it means.
1: Well, here's what hey, it means here on the Monday. Before That's- you
3: get to that, can I ask the listening audience a question? And I just need, you know, a number on the specs text line 337-3776. When you'd use the phrase uh blank number pounds, you know, num you know certain pounds of S in a 10-pound bag, what's the requisite number?
1: Cuz uh, I've heard 8, I've heard 5. Let me let, let me tell you. It's it. Somewhere between I'll tell you what. I'll take you back to the year 1951. Okay. (laughs) My dad was in the Army, and he saw a big guy picking on a little guy. Mm -hmm. And my dad was, he was never one. He was kind of quiet a lot. He didn't engage, but he he would defend the underdog. There you go. And I said this as part of his eulogy at his funeral back in 1991. That he went up and he said, hey, why don't you leave the guy alone? And he looked at my dad and said, what's it to you, Red? He goes, he goes well, just leave the guy. He goes, what's your name? And he goes, and do you know my name? And he goes, well, my name's Charles Way. I know you're a blivet. And he said, what's a blivet? And he said, 10 pounds of bleep in a five-pound bag. And, there you and go. And hit him okay. right in the nose. So, f- okay,
3: five was the first number that came. And the
1: word somewhere. for that is blivet. Blivet. Yeah. So it's 10 pounds of <laughs> bleep in a five-pound bag. Yeah. And my dad did not use the word bleep. Mystery has been solved. Yeah. So, so. When you think about it, it's kind of twice the amount. Yeah, I guess yeah. he probably makes some of the. Speaking of uh, tough guys or guys <laughs> that did stuff, uh, how about this? In Georgia... Are we uh, talking Georgia the state or Georgia the country? Uh, the state. Okay. Okay? An inmate tunneled through a wall in a jail facility in Fulton County. That's Atlanta. Yeah. You know? But he didn't tunnel through the wall. Andy Dufresne style? He did not tunnel through the wall okay. to escape. He tunneled through the wall. Speaking to, of excrement. Yeah. He, no, he tunneled through the wall to beat up the guy in the next cell. Cavian <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thomas allegedly <laughs> dug a hole through a wall in a shower stall at the Rice Street Jail. There it is right there. That's... uh. Man. That looks kind of escape from Alcatraz style there when you look at that deal when he dug that hole in there. And uh, he he did it, uh, which granted him access to an adjacent cell block. He then launched an attack on DeAndre Russell, another inmate, Fulton County Sheriff's Lakers Office said. Of uh, what's that? Lakers guard? Uh, no, this is DeAndre Russell. Oh, okay. Uh, not DeAngelo. Okay. All right. Uh, Thomas stabbed Russell multiple times once he successfully entered the cell. Uh, Russell sustained superficial stab wounds. It, that's kind of a contra, contradiction, or that's kind of the, uh, uh, what, do, what do you say, that's uh, Department of Redundancy Department, or yeah. are you, or, or uh, uh, to say superficial stab wounds? Yeah. Is any stab wound, I guess there's varied degrees of it. Do You get stabbed, you get stabbed. Yeah. Yeah, that's
3: kind of uh, that's kind of a blanket deal for me.
1: Yeah, and got treated in the medical facility after the incident. The officers checked both cells, and read, I said, "How did that guy get in here?" And he discovered several weapons in both cells, <laughs> made from parts of the dilapidated building infrastructure. Gotta do it. <laughs> the, the interim Fulton County Jail Commander Curtis Clark said in the release, "Quote: This jail has clearly outlived its useful life." <laughs> <laughs> everybody nods in agreement and said yeah probably has kind of like how Alcatraz was well, you, the know, end, you
3: know in, that wouldn't happen in the Cobb County Jail because the big boss man would regulate
1: and Cobb is the neighboring county to it you know um hey a little concerned about you if if you go down this road first of all, do you like waffles I love waffles do you really how about you, Cam? You on board with waffles? I had two waffles this weekend, actually. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um
3: You guys ever seen the Lady Killers that Cohen Brothers movie? I haven't seen Where it. Tom Hanks is like a southern gentleman that's leading a group of bank robbers. Oh yeah? It's a one-liner. I don't know why it cracks me up, but they're sitting in a like a you know, like a waffle house type place, and he just stops the waitress and he goes, Madam, we must have waffles. But he does it like in like a like a Colonel Sanders Southern voice. Uh-huh. It's I don't know it cracks me up. Tom Hanks was very underrated in that movie. Uh, yeah. J.K. Simmons plays a guy that ex, uh, his expertise is explosives, but he suffers from IBS. Uh,
1: oh. <laughs> Ooh. Speaking would, of explosives, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be different. Well, the reason why I brought this up, first of all, do each of you own or have in your homes waffle makers? Uh oh, Man.
3: I. I don't, hmm. I think I do actually. Yeah. I do think my really? wife bought one. Yeah.
1: Really? I don't. You I don't, don't have one? Um, check and make sure that your waffle maker is not a Power XL stuffed waffleizer. Okay.
3: No, uh, I'm sure if my wife bought something called the waffle, well, if she bought something called the waffleizer, she wouldn't tell me because she knows I'd run that into the
1: ground. Oh, something. really? Okay. The Waffleizer. Well, Empower Brands, the company made it, is recalling 456,000 Waffleizers. You ever heard of a waffle maker recall? How many? 456,000 of them are being recalled. Why, you ask? Well, there's a potential burning hazard involved with it. The company has received 44 reports of the product... Posing a burn risk, including 34 burn injuries and three people requiring medical attention. And they say, well, you know, don't touch the waffle iron if it's hot, right? Eh, that's a little more about that. According to the group, hot pieces of the waffle or the stuffing can be expelled suddenly from the waffle maker during use or upon opening. So you imagine open that thing and it just, and it just projectiles <laughs> all over you. Hot waffle,
3: goo. Anya? You know, Rod Babers has never eaten at a Waffle House.
1: He's never had vanilla ice cream, Jeff. He's never had vanilla ice cream.
3: This was. Well, Rod doesn't like white condiments, so that's understandable. But
1: that's not condiment. Ice cream is a dessert. That's white. Things, okay?
3: Yeah. But in, in that, it's it, it's in the white realm of Drinks food milk, items. Drinks milk, doesn't he? But, like, Rod's never eaten at the Waffle House. I'm like, and yeah. it kind of makes sense because back in his college days, like, there's really there's no Waffle House around here. Right. Uh, now there's three. That was a revelation on, on the Long Home Blitz podcast last week. Rod B. has never eaten at a Waffle House.
1: i have to take him in there sometime. Uh, if you purchase your Waffleizer at Walmart, Kohl's, Big Lots, BJ's Wholesale Club, Best Buy, Home Depot, Target, Sam's Club, and other stores, Online stores, including QVC, these waffle makers were sold from July 2021 through October 2022.
3: QVC still around.
1: It was in 2021-2022. The Waffleizer, the Power XL, it's like the, what was it, Kramer with the uh, something 4,000, the what? The, the shower <laughs> head that he used to wash circus elephants.
3: <laughs> hey, Cam, uh, didn't, was it Jeff Burton or Jeff Bodine, didn't one of them drive a... NASCAR car sponsored by QVC?
1: I think so, yes. Yeah, I think well, we'll you're right. Okay, up. got one more here, and this contribution comes from my beautiful wife because she makes a really good... <coughs> Jeff
3: Bodine drove the uh, there you QVC go. car. Yes, Linda makes Number a really seven.
1: good spaghetti bolognese. You like the bolognese, with the meat sauce, like that. What uh, wh- yeah. spaghetti bolognese? What is bolognese? That's like a meat sauce. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
3: Okay. I yeah, I, get, I get fancy it up. Just call it meat sauce.
1: <laughs> okay, because it was comes from Bologna, Italy. Okay, that's where it began. Um, okay, uh, this this actually happened. tick what's called a TikTok influencer. You always love that. On a podcast, uh, she was. Uh, her name was uh, Paula Gonu. Um, she is a 30 year old Spanish content creator with 2 million followers on Instagram. Man. And she cooks, and but she had to have knee surgery. She had part of her knee cartilage, the meniscus, removed during the surgery. And the doctor says, you know, you get when you need, like, if you get something, say, hey, would you like to have your knee cartilage? She said, yeah. So then she took it. Put it in alcohol so it could stay that way. She and her partner were joking around about it. Said, hey, how about that? It looks like a piece of pasta. <laughs> no, no. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. No. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She put it in the pasta oh. bolognese, spaghetti bolognese that she and her boyfriend oh. shared. She said, I wanted to put it back into my body.
3: Oh gosh. So, well, you know, it's going to leave your body at some point.
1: Yeah, that's what I said to Linda. Uh, he said, uh, she said they were joking around. I told him I wanted to eat it because it was part of me and I had to put it back into my body. Then I made a bolognese and put it in and we ate it. She said, you know, people eat the bones, cartilage, and other parts of worse animals. Of animals. She yes, said, but well, what I did wasn't really that weird. At what point did I decide it was a good idea to watch this over dinner? Um, uh, it was somebody said that uh seeing it on the on the deal. so yeah cooked your own meniscus meniscus bolognese there you go as we approach the lunch hour uh, here on lights disgusting. of tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and hornfm.com